Welcome to Living the Reclaim Life podcast. I'm Denisha. We're glad you're here for conversations that revive hope, inspire healing, and encourage you to live a vibrant life with Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat with today's guest. Welcome to episode 33 with Sally Knight. We are having a blast together this month talking about topics that matter in our lives. And I'm so thankful that Sally has sought the Lord on what he had planned for this month and selecting topics that would really resonate with our lives. Today will be no different as Sally shares wisdom from a place of walking hard things out in life and making it to the other side. And I looked up the word wisdom. And the definition for the word wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in places that have seemed so dark that I wasn't sure if there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And so today we're going to talk about hope and healing that comes from those hard places. Today, we're going to talk about joy. And joy isn't an easy thing to grasp, right? I mean, have you ever struggled finding joy? I know that God's word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we need joy, but Sally, joy isn't an easy thing to grasp, is it? No. Um, hi to you, to you, Denisha. Joy is not. Um, it's kind of funny. God is, is humorous. I have dealt with depression and anxiety a lot of my life. But what one gift do I have? The gift of encouragement. Now, mm. That, to me, is just the humor of God. <clears throat> but joy, no, we don't have joy every day, but we can ask for joy every day. Because, like you said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, years ago, I, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony, when we lived in Pennsylvania, and my two older children were 13 and 10. Uh, well, they were a little younger than that, actually. But I went through a very deep depression. My daughter was starting kindergarten, and I couldn't even get off the sofa to take her. Her dad had to. And it was awful. And someone said to me during that time, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I just grabbed onto that with both hands. And thought just a simple sentence like that gave me hope that there was life on the other side of this depression. During that time, I, as I look back, I see that I went through a lot of inner healing, dealt with a lot of my baggage, and um, God did heal me. And um, so I don't know, friends out there, what you may be dealing with, what kind of darkness you're enveloped in. Do you believe the lie that you'll never get on the other side of this? Because with God, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's his light. And his light dispels all darkness. And I'm not being flipped because my depression went on three years. Three years, and I did not function well as a wife, a mother. Um, no, it was just like I was out of it. 
but God was good in spite of it. So if you find yourself in that tunnel, know a couple of things. He's in there with you. He's probably holding you. But know that if we cling to God and if we trust him for the outcome and trust him that he knows what he's doing, even in this dark place, that we can find his joy. And uh, four years ago, last month, I lost my husband of 53 years. We had met. I met him at the age of 15. I loved him, his hair because it looked like Elvis's hair. You know, <laughs> it came down on the, his forehead and he drove a cool car. And, uh, but truly, it was love at first sight. And, you know, I went right from my home to marriage, never lived on my own. So when he passed away, I felt like I had lost everything. My, my, well, I had, I'd lost my provider, my lover, my comforter, my, he would keep me stable when I wasn't. He was a wise, wise man. And I lost him and I, I thought I would not survive. The grief was unbelievable. I remember when the last house guest left after his memorial service and I put my head on the counter and I sobbed the deepest sobs I've ever cried. And the Lord said to me, Okay, all these years you've taught classes. All these years you've talked about, I'm faithful. Now you're going to have to really walk in it. I had to make a choice right then. Did I trust him or didn't I in this darkest time of my life? Well, as if that wasn't bad enough, what did he tell me to do? Holy Spirit said, write a book on your grief. And I'm like, serious. <laughs> Now's not the time. Writing a book is hard and it's taxing and you need to think, you know, you don't think during grief. You really don't. Your mind is a muddle. Uh, you don't remember. You're, you're just, you're in chaos. But I argued with him and guess who won? He did. And I wrote the book and had it published within a year after Jim died. And I called it the do's and don'ts of grief because my heart was to help others go through grief and know the principles that I came to know and even the smallest little helps that would help someone else through this hard, hard journey. So I wrote it and had it published. And uh, one of my chapters is called Survival Mode. And when we're in a dark place, we're just surviving. We get up each day and we just have to do what we have to do that day to get through the minute, the hour, the day. And some of my days, I didn't even want to get out of bed, but I would. And I'd make myself get dressed and I'd, I'd pray, what can I do today to get through today? I was only surviving. And maybe right now you're only surviving. You're holding on to the last of your hope and figure this will never get better. But friends, even that, even that awful grief, I am now on the other side of it. Missing him still terribly, 
but I'm on the other side of it. So what does survival mode mean? It means you get up, you make yourself get up, you get dressed, and you say to the Lord, what do I need today to get through? And then watch how he answers. He'll, he'll send a friend, or you call a friend. Don't be shy. You call a friend and say, I need to go to lunch today. And my biggest thing was, at that point, Hobby Lobby was across town. It wasn't close in the northwest part of Tucson like it is now. And I would get up and get ready and go to Hobby Lobby. And do you know, that got me through that day. A pleasant atmosphere, Christian music played. Maybe I'd buy something, maybe I wouldn't. Hobby Lobby got me through that day. We go to things for comfort. And I'm not talking about substance abuse. Um, I did a little spending, but I caught myself and backed off. But we want to go to things that will ease the pain. And, you know, only I found that only God could really ease the pain. Yes, the people around me, my children, my dear friends, uh, they helped ease the pain. But literally, it was God using these people through this time when I needed to get through each day. And you can't feel sorry for yourself, but you do. You waller in self-pity. And, and I was allowed to do that for a while. But you have to make things happen. And you have to not only tell God what you need, you have to tell others what you need. And if you need somebody with you that day to kind of watch you, I had people watching how deep I would go. And if I went too deep in my depression, which I was prone to, um, I would be made aware of it. And at one point I, I did. I went too deep and I needed some uh, sleeping meds. And I don't recommend meds for every ailment. I'm not saying that, not to abuse them at all. But I needed to sleep. And sleeplessness is one of the signs of grief. So you pray about your need and then you thank him. You know what? He's going to send your answer packaged different than you think. He might send somebody you would never expect to be there for you. And so our answers, he answers us. He hears us and he answers us. But he might send an answer that we go, well, I never thought of that. I never believed that would be what I needed for this day. Depression and anxiety, Denisha, are dark, dark places to live. Your life becomes bland and it seems like there is no joy and purpose. You just get up. And I don't know about you, but I'm one that likes to plan my next day and write down my goals. And, and you just get up and walk through it. And this is all part of uh, depression and grief. And I would, you know, to put a plug in for myself, I would recommend my book only because it's so simple. You can read it in a couple of days. And yet it gives you the practical hints of dealing with uh, these times when we're, we're really in such a dark place that we really don't believe that we will get out of it. A couple recommend recommendations that I would uh, suggest 
is one thing uh, my doctor found out was that I do not make enough serotonin. Serotonin is a very real thing. It's our well-being. It's what makes us cope. So if you don't have any serotonin or much, and you hit a very traumatic part in your life, like the death of my husband, uh, I had no well-being. So I always wondered why I had to work at life. I had to work at living. Life just didn't come natural for me. And I found out uh, physically, chemically, having things that you do to enhance your serotonin. And it's made all the difference in the world. God has a solution. He says to ask for wisdom and he'll give it to me. Something that basic can make all the difference in the world. So be checked out physically, be checked out chemically. Sally, thank you so much for hitting on that. Because I think oftentimes um, in church circles, we maybe don't talk enough about mental health and how, just like you said, it's just like diabetes. If I have diabetes, I'm going to go and take medication for that to regulate that, to make sure my sugar levels are in balance. That is so true about our minds as well. If our chemicals and our minds are off, it really can throw our whole lives, our decision-making, everything off. And so I love that you just gave us permission to go and seek, you know, professional help for our mental health, because it's just as important as the rest of our body. And I think oftentimes we don't talk about that. It feels like to me that there's somewhat of a stigma, I think, in Christian circles. So I really appreciate you giving us permission in a way to say, to look into that, to explore that um, part of our health. I appreciate that. You know, years ago, when I was in the depth of my depression, I actually had people say, if I had more faith, I'd be healed. See that hair on the back of my neck. Yeah, it's (laughs) like, believe me, that doesn't help you. Uh -uh. Um, That person did get up after they said that to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but, you know, start. Do something. Yeah. Do something. Um, seek medical help. Seek a pastor. Seek a counselor. Seek a wise man or woman. We had the neatest pastor back in Pennsylvania who didn't have an actual church, but he did Bible studies throughout the week in all these different homes. And I met Richard. He would stop his meetings and say, up. Oh, Let's pray for Sally. Mm -hmm. And I would have friends that would come, one particular best friend who came and dressed me and Mm -hmm. took me to these meetings. I think back now and I'm like, I can't believe I was like that. But I was. And so she'd take me to the Bible study and they prayed. And I remember as after I was healed and I was healed, girls, uh, friends, I want you to know that I was healed of my depression. But once this pastor saw that I was on my way to healing, he kind of cut the apron strings and I was a little hurt, like, well, I still might need you. And later, a couple of years into ministry, having moved across the country, left family, you know, talk about wanting to be depressed. But no, I was healed of it. 
I thought back and I thought, thank God he knew when to cut the strings. He mm-hmm. knew I didn't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was really uh, good. But what do you need? Ask God what you need. And remember that he, his light shines in our darkness. But you know, Denisha, what keeps us from, us from it the most of seeking help, asking for help, even a friend? Uh, pride. Yes. Yeah. And shame. Yes. Our shame, you know, maybe God's saying, okay, Sally, it's time to deal with this. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to look at that. And I'm certainly not going to tell anybody about it. Yeah. But it's our pride and shame because you know what? Jesus already knows. Yeah. In the movie, The Chosen, one of the series, um, Matthew looked at him and he said, oh, that's right. You already know my thoughts. Jesus knows our thoughts. He knows where we're at. He knows when we're in that dark place. So don't let your pride and shame keep you from seeking the help that you need. Now, why is it necessary to turn the control over to God? Like you just mentioned, inviting him to take that. We want control of our lives. We, and that's part of that pride that yes. you just mentioned, right? How yes. do we and why should we, I think? hand control over to God and invite him to be a part of our process of healing? Well, simply, we can't heal ourselves. And like I've said before, you can read every self-help book out there and they might help you some. I'm a reader. I love books. But who's the great healer? He's the one that knows what's in me that needs to go and what needs to be touched and what needs to be healed. And so I can't heal myself. I, I don't even know. I didn't even know at that time what things I needed to deal with, who I needed to forgive. Um, you know, we can't begin to know that. He made us so he knows what we need. And um, he says in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, He asks, we need to ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And, um, you know, after we had come to Tucson, Jim and I were spending some time, an afternoon at Barnes & Noble one day, and I was looking in the section on anxiety, and I came across a big article on anxiety disorder and I was so excited that I found Jim and said what I've been suffering is really anxiety not depression now they go together somewhat but as a medical note there are different things that deal with each one I have given a couple talks with my medical doctor promoting the chemical side, the the mental health side, that it's all the same. I mean, different treatments, but they all are real things. I can say my depression nor my anxiety cripple me anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm able to do life and do it very well. You know, one thing I think that you're giving us in such a beautiful way to have 
a woman of your wisdom, of your experience, to be able to say, I struggled with depression. I had to have a friend come and dress me to get me out of bed for a season in my life. I feel like you are really giving us permission that it's okay not to be okay. And that really takes that shame off. You know, we talked about that, the shame and the pride that really takes that shame off because I think that innately, I think we truly believe that we have to be strong, that it's not okay if we're not okay and that nobody can know it. And we have to put that mask on, continue about our days and our lives. And I, through what you're explaining in your own personal experience, and you're on the other side that you're telling us it's okay if you're not okay. And it's okay to tell someone, find that safe person in your life that you can say, I'm not okay. And what you said about this doesn't cripple me anymore. I just pray that your victory, Sally, can be a victory for the ladies who are listening, who are in the trench right now, who are experiencing this and it does feel crippling and they're not okay. Ladies, I just hope that you hear Sally's words that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to call a friend. It's okay to ask for help. And if you look at Sally right now, she is on the other side. She has walked through that, carried on to foster over 60 kids. And that is amazing because I'll bet when you were in the pit, Sally, you probably didn't think that that was possible, that there was light at the end of the tunnel. I just want to warn you, having over 60 foster kids come and go can lead you into a very deep depression. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm not recommending that unless you're called to it. No, um, they were really good, good years, and we did have joy, and we had provision. But I want to briefly talk about a very sensitive subject. If any of you are out there, and your hope, hope is so not there, so far away, I want to discuss suicide. If you are not on the right meds or the proper treatment, or you have not found your answer and you feel like I'm done, this life would be better without me. That is a bold face lie. Your life is worth it because Christ made you in his image. And there is nothing that the enemy would love better than to destroy and hurt and lie to us that, nope, everybody would be better without you. That is a lie. Do not go there. Right now, if you have any thoughts toward that, get in your car and go visit a friend. Call a friend. Call the suicide helpline. Call your pastor. Call someone and tell them how deep you are. Stop and get help. And Christ will meet you in this darkest, darkest place. He is attentive to our prayers 24-7. He never slumbers or sleeps. He leaves the 99 to find the one. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Christ? He will leave his other 99 knowing they're safe, and he will go and find the one. He will put you around his neck. He will cuddle you. He will say, 
I have a plan for you. I have a solution. Just be with me. Trust me because I am faithful. And I'm, I just believe that maybe there is some, some of you out there that are in such a dark place that you think that there is no other solution, but there is. I'm here to tell you there is. I have been in that position twice back in my depression years. And I thought the world would be better off without me. Jim would be better off without me. And the kids would be better off without me. I'm so glad that I had people around me that kept me from making that awful, awful mistake. So just listen to my voice and know that God is right there in your dark tunnel. And he's going to either take your hand and lead you or he's going to carry you to light and freedom. Amen. And, you know, in moments where we can't quite carry the hope for ourselves, I just want you to really hear Sally's words and allow her to carry that hope for you until you can carry it for yourself, just as her friends did for her and told her that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you don't have someone close to you, I want to provide you with the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. And there's someone on the other end of that line that can also help carry the hope with you. And Sally, I just thank you so much for your encouragement and for your realness today. Thank you for not leaving any stone unturned for us to just know that we're not alone and to know that this is part of our human experience, but that we have a God that is so much greater than our circumstances. Thank you for your heart and your transparency. It's just, it's been a beautiful, beautiful time. I just want to end with this scripture because I write this in, when I sign my uh, grief books, I write this in it. It comes from Jeremiah 31, 13. I will turn their mourning into gladness, or you can put the word joy. I will give them comfort and give them joy instead of sorrow. He will turn our mourning into gladness. He will. He says it. He keeps his promises. And so he is close to the brokenhearted, and he will heal the brokenhearted. Two more promises. So lean on him and yes, to see what he has for you and and your life. And he never wastes one thing, Mm. never. Amen. And if you're interested in Sally's book, The Do's and Don'ts of Grief, you can find that on Amazon under Sally Knight, that's K-N-I-P-E. And the link to her book will also be in the show notes. And we hope that that would be a source of encouragement for you as well. Thank you so much, Sally. And I look forward to next week. You're welcome. God bless. Thanks for listening. I pray you found hope in today's conversation and maybe even feel a little less alone in your story. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed Story. Want to learn more about living a reclaimed life and how you can be a part of our growing community of reclaimers? Check out our website at reclaimstory.com. All of those links and more will be in the show notes. 
And if you enjoyed this inspirational podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That is a huge help in helping us reach more people to live the reclaimed life. Thank you so much for listening.